Welcome to the Achieve Results Nutrition and Wellness Podcast, the ultimate guide to feeling and looking your best. Join me, your host, as we embark on an exciting journey to discover the power of nutrition, exercise, sleep, recovery, and mental performance. Get ready to be inspired, motivated, and uplifted as we uncover the secrets to unlocking your full potential and living your best life. Whether you're a fitness enthusiast, a wellness warrior, or just looking to improve your overall well-being, this is the podcast for you. So sit back, relax, and let's get ready to elevate our performance together. Hello, and welcome to episode 14 of the Achieve Results Nutrition and Wellness Podcast. We are on a roll right now. We've got a bunch of great podcasts uploaded in here so far. So if you haven't had an opportunity to listen to the first 13 yet, I would say definitely make it a point of getting back and listening to those. I've had some incredible guests on here, some really influential and really smart people in the nutrition and the fitness and wellness space. So if you haven't had an opportunity to get in there and listen to the first 13 yet, I definitely say it's something to put on your list. I heard a cool little saying the other day, make the car your classroom. So if you are driving frequently or something like that, a car is no better place for a podcast, right? I don't drive much, so I use cardio as my classroom. <laughs> I, When I'm doing my cardio at the gym, it's about 30 minutes a day. I make sure that's my classroom. So I've put on a good podcast. I put on some kind of learning material and I utilize my cardio as my classroom in that aspect. So guys, uh, I appreciate you being here with me as always. Your support and just having your ear is to listen to these podcasts is something that I do not take for granted. So I appreciate you being on. But enough about that today. Let's get into episode 14 of the podcast here. What we're talking about today is the nutritional peas for absolute dietary success. Okay, so throughout the course of, I guess, the multiple years and the thousands of people that I've spoken to and worked with over those multiple years, it's come down to a few specific factors that always make a massive difference in people's ability to, to succeed with their dietary choices, right? Or with their dietary adjustments, all right? And that's what I'm always talking about with you guys is we wanna create a, a dietary lifestyle, right? We wanna create a dietary practice, right? We don't wanna just have a diet. We just don't wanna have, hey, I just gotta cut out a bunch of stuff and I don't really know what I'm gonna do in, in, in replacement of that stuff. I'm just gonna to try to cut a bunch of things away and I don't really like it, but you know what? Like maybe it'll work and I'll see how long I can stick it out. That's not what we want, right? We want to create like a dietary protocol, a dietary practice where we have a system and we have things set up in place that help us succeed and help us succeed long term. All right. Because sustainability is 100% the main aspect of success. Okay. And the interesting thing about weight loss in general or just making health improvements is that the human race doesn't really have a weight loss problem, right? We have a weight loss maintenance problem. The, the results have shown it a million times. People can lose weight. It's just they just can't keep it off. They can't stick to it. They can't stick to a program, right? And they can't find something that's sustainable for them long term. So <clears throat> this is where for me, I, you know what, I'm going to take, I coined this. This is something I came up with on my own. I don't think anybody else uses this. I've never heard it anywhere else. And it's just mind your P's and Q's. And I think that's one of those things we all got told as a kid, right? Hey, mind your mind your P's and Q's. I can just picture my parents saying it now, right? You're about to go into, I don't know, grandma's house or whatever. You're going to school and mom and dad say, mind your P's and Q's. And basically, don't be an asshole. Think ahead. Make sure you're making smart decisions, all that kind of stuff, right? And it's no different with food. All right, so there's a few nutritional P's and Q's that I think if everybody can just follow this this guideline, then it's going to be very advantageous long-term for you, okay? Because what this is going to help you do is this is going to help you create a bunch of dietary preferences, a dietary protocol that you can stick with and you can adhere to long-term, and it's just going to help you get better and better. And the longer we can stick with it, the more we can sustain it, the better the results are going to be, okay? So that's ideally what we want to get into today. So let's just start with this. What are the nutritional P's and Q's? All right, that's usually the main thing everybody wants to know right off the bat. All right, this all sounds cool. You got your fancy little tagline there. What the hell does that mean? What are the P's and Q's? All right, so just gonna go through these really quick with you. And then obviously we're gonna cover each one individually one by one here. So the nutritional P's are really the important part. The Q's fall into place as you'll see down the line here as I explain, all right? So our nutritional P's, okay? This is the areas of the most importance that you guys have to be focusing on if you wanna see dietary success, all right? And it's going to be, P number one is protein. 
Number two is plants. Number three, huge, personal preference, okay? And as we go down the line here, we've got planning and we've got persona, okay? So those are the five nutritional P's that everybody is going to need to focus on if they want to create dietary success long-term. And then that leads us into our Q's. Q number one is quality and Q number two is quantity, all right? And the interesting thing is that if we're following the P's, the quality is going to be there, right? We're going to be consuming a high quality diet if we're following the P's. And then as we're following those P's and if the quality is high, now we have the ability to really increase the quantity, which is great because the biggest thing people struggle with on a diet is the quantities, right? They're restrictive, they're hard to do, they're hard to maintain. And at some point you snap and you just start crushing everything in sight, right? But the nice thing about this protocol or this process, the way we set it up, is that if the quality is there, the quantities go way up. So you're going to eat a ton of food all the time. You're going to feel very satiated. You're going to feel very nourished and you're going to get a great result from that. So that's the really interesting thing about this protocol that I've set up. And if we can stick to this, if you can get into these nutritional peas and you can really lock these down and master these, it's going to work. Okay. I've seen it work a thousand times. And I'm very confident that this can work for you. So the thing about the nutritional peas is that they're going to be different for everybody. So basically what we want to do is we want to find a dietary balance and finding a dietary balance is super important to create a lifestyle, right? If you're doing something that you don't want to do, obviously it's going to be a very difficult time for you to make that, turn that into a lifestyle. So obviously creating something that feels livable, creating something that feels doable long-term and sustainable, that is what we want, right? We want to be able to create a lifestyle. And that's why that's going to look different for everybody because everybody's going to have their own likes, their own dislikes, their own ways they set this up, okay? So the big thing is that we really must be realistic about your situation and the amount of time you have to give to your nutrition, all right? There's a lot of people that think they're just going to all of a sudden start, wake up on Monday morning, start prepping every meal they eat, Go to the gym for an hour a day when you're coming off the couch and you haven't ever done meal prep before, okay? So it's very important that we understand what are your limitations, right? You got to take a look inward. What are your limitations? What are your strong points? What can you use to your advantage? And then where have you struggled in the past? And that's the type of stuff we want to start to identify and start to use to our advantage and find ways around that stuff that we've struggled with. So basically, if you want to be a bodybuilder, right, you need to have 100% focus on your dietary intake. There are no excuses. There's no, well, I felt like going out this night or I was really tired and I just wanted pizza or I had to stop fast food because the kids were doing something. There is none of that, okay? If you wanna be a hardcore bodybuilder and you wanna to get to like 5% body fat or something like that, then I'm sorry, but there's no time for excuses there. All you gotta do is take the action, no excuses, right? Now, if you're just looking to be healthy, comfortable in your own skin, have energy, put on that favorite t-shirt of yours and not feel like it's tight and hugging you in weird places and your belly's sticking out of it or something, then that's the majority. 99% of the people just want to look better, feel better, have better energy, be able to get out and play around with your kids and be comfortable and not feel like you're going to hurt yourself or be too out of breath to go do whatever you want to do. So then at that point, the adherence level can decrease. And that's the cool thing about it is a lot of people have this thought in their mind that everything has to be 100% adherence all the time. And it really doesn't. All we need to aim for is consistency over time. So I'm big on 90% adherence. I think that is enough where you can have a couple of meals a week where you can say, screw it, blow off the plan a little bit. That doesn't mean it go totally off the rails and just binge eat a ton of food two days a week. I don't think that's going to work for you. But we have two meals a week where we can make that off the plan. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about tracking macros or proteins or carbs or fats or whatever it is. You can just have that meal. Okay, so I do think that 90% is a really, that's a place where you can see a great result and you can still have some variability in your diet so that you don't get that that diet fatigue, essentially, that a lot of people end up dealing with. And, and that's usually what kind of does a lot of people in. But again, you got to make you got to make sure you develop that adherence level that's going to work for you. Okay, and it, everybody's in a different place, right? I'm whatever, I don't have kids. I work from home, my dietary adherence might be a lot different than a mom of four that works full time. Okay, that doesn't mean that you're doing it wrong. It doesn't mean that you're doing it bad. You just have to be realistic about the result that you're trying to achieve. And then understand that, okay, hey, like you can look however you want to look. It's just going to take some work and it's going to take some patience. All right. The other thing I think that's important is don't stress over like 
the minutiae, all right? We have a, especially like this diet world, everybody wants to stress over the dumbest little things, right? Bread versus rice versus potato. Which one's better? Which one's worse? Honestly, these things are not that much different nutritionally. And at the end of the day, like <clears throat> their food is food, right? We want to make sure we're aiming for the highest quality foods possible. But again, we, I think we get caught up in these little things where we need to th take more of a blanket approach and we need to look at the overall quality of our diet, not just, hey, bread's bad for me. I can never eat it. If it helps with your adherence because you really like bread and you like to have a little bit of dinner at night, then I say go for it. But again, we got to make sure we're picking and choosing our battles and we're having a balance where it's heavily outweighed in the direction of our goals. And then we also get some time to implement those foods that we like. And that's where I'm talking about this 90-10 adherence level, right? So that's the big thing, right? We want to make sure we're choosing the most nutrient-dense foods as often as possible. Um, but demonizing specific foods is silly. Honestly, it's going to come down to our proteins, carbs, and fats, and nutrients, uh, our vitamins and minerals that, that we get associated with the foods we're eating over time, okay? Not in one meal, not in one day. It's added up over days, weeks, months, years, okay? So I'm, I just always say, like, nothing will derail you more than consistent failures, okay? So the big thing you want to start with is just getting some wins. So you don't have to be perfect, but you do have to start making progress, okay? So you gotta start doing things that are gonna make you feel good about your process. You gotta start stacking some wins. And that might be for you, you know, just choosing a healthier breakfast, focusing on proteins, making sure you're eating three to four times a day as opposed to one and going out of control with it, right? Little things like this, there's so many little things that we can do to start implementing change and start celebrating those wins. And once we get the ball rolling downhill, that ball starts rolling in a positive direction, then it becomes a lot easier to continue, right? If we're just only nitpicking all the little things we're not doing, we're going to burn out really quick. So the main thing here is to have a little bit of patience, have a little bit of empathy for yourself, and really emphasize the fact that whenever you're doing something that's an improvement for you, you want to highlight those wins. You want to take a moment to celebrate them. But then you also got to realize that, okay, it's all good to celebrate that moment, but we're moving on to the next. We got to make sure that next choice is just as good as that last one, right? But if we focus on the good things, we're going to get more of that. If we focus on the bad, we're likely going to get more of that. So I always like to have people just try to keep this whole process as positive as possible and just really focus on all that good stuff you're doing, but then also be mindful enough to hold yourself accountable if things do start to slip. So what I feel is one of the easiest ways to make sure you're always giving yourself the best chance to eat in alignment with your goals, no matter if you're food logging or not, is this, okay? This is where we're going to start to mind our P's and Q's. This old saying just basically means be on your best behavior or pay attention, watch out for what you're doing, right? So if you can remind yourself just to mind your P's and Q's before a meal, it's an easy little tool to checking all the boxes you need to, to eat in alignment with your goals at any time. And that's what I love about it, right? It's just that little mental reminder, hey, P's and Q's, right? Mind my P's and Q's. It's just before you go into a meal, before you're prepping for the weekdays, if you're in a tough situation, where maybe you're having some food cravings or you're out at a restaurant and everything's looking so good, it might literally just be that little trigger that you just got to tell yourself, wait a minute, mind your P's and Q's, and it's going to bring everything back into perspective for you, okay? So that's why I really like this saying. It's catchy, it gets in your mind, and literally it just reminds you to start to mind your P's, right? And so what are those P's? Let's start there. Protein. That is the number one P. To me, protein and calories are, not to me, okay, to science, to the evidence-based nutrition world, protein and calories are the number one most important thing that you need to figure out in your daily dietary intake to make sure that you're making the most positive impact on your body, okay? So that P number one being protein, we want to aim for about a gram per pound daily, or if you're like overweight and you're at a reduced calorie diet, aim for about 35% of your total calorie intake from protein, all right? So we want to make that the goal. Now, now, why do we want to make sure we're paying so much attention to protein? There's a couple really nice benefits from protein here that everybody can take advantage of, all right? And this is with lean, high-quality, I will say animal-based proteins the majority of the time, right? So that's going to be meat that's going to be fish, that's going to be eggs, that's going to be low-fat dairy, and that's going to be plant or whey-based protein shakes, okay? Those are the ways that we can really take advantage of a really high-quality, high-bioavailable, so highly digestible for your body form of protein that you can utilize really well for the really these four main functions, all right? So function number one of protein is the satiety aspect, all right? 
So again, when we're trying to improve on our body composition, we're trying to burn body fat, we're trying to increase our energy levels. What we're really going to want to do is make sure we're following an approach that's going to be create satiety for us, right? Or helps help us stay full for longer. All right. And that's where protein is massively impactful. So I'm sure you've been in this situation where maybe you've tried to sit down and eat a six or eight ounce portion of a protein and you have a really hard time doing it. You get through like half of it and you're like, oh my God, I can't even eat any more protein. I'm stuffed. Right. And then you can't, you feel like you can't eat the rest of your meal. That's the point. We want to create a satiety based diet and having high value lean proteins is going to do exactly that. It's going to create satiety. So I always tell everybody to start there, right? We want to aim for that gram per pound or 35 to 40% of your total intake. And that's really going to help with your satiety levels. So we can eat a lot of food still and not a ton of calories and stay really full. Now, muscle protein synthesis is another one. All right. So protein, just having a high quality protein source every about four hours uh, is really going to help with your muscle building process. I am a huge proponent of exercise. I think everybody should be physically active. That doesn't mean you need to be a bodybuilder. It doesn't mean you need to be a CrossFit superstar. But you do need to be an active individual if you want to live your best life in your best body. That's just a simple fact, okay? If you want to have a healthier body, if you want to have a better quality of life, you need to be active. Whether that's weightlifting, walking, jogging, dancing, doesn't matter what you want to do. But choose a form of activity that you enjoy and roll with that, okay? Now... That's where that muscle protein synthesis is going to help, right? The more we're using our body, the more we're using our muscles, the more we're breaking them down, all right? And now if we're consuming a high-quality protein every three to four hours, now what we can do is we're going to continually build nice, strong, lean muscle all the time, and our body can always be taking advantage of that. It's also great for the rebuild and repair of tissues and cells, okay? So your entire body is actually made of proteins, literally from your DNA all the way out to your hair, skin, and nails. So it becomes very important that you don't under eat on protein, okay? Because we want to make sure we're obviously creating healthy DNA. We also want to make sure our hair, skin, and nails looks nice, okay? We also want to make sure in between our bones are strong, our immune system works well, our brain works well, our tissues are recovering. So if you twist an ankle, bang an elbow, or you cut your arm or something like that, all these things can recover very quickly because they have the adequate protein stores in your body. Protein is massively important for all that stuff, all right? Also, too, it creates a really nice enhanced calorie burn, okay? So there is something that we get when we eat food called the thermic effect of food. So it actually takes energy in the form of calories. We burn calories after eating food because it takes energy to digest the food, okay? Now, when we're talking about the three macronutrients, protein, carbs, and fats, protein has about a 30% thermic effect, meaning that 30% of all the protein that you're eating is going to get burnt in the digestive process, okay? Whereas carbs are only about 5% and fats are only 3 So we can really move the needle. We can actually boost our metabolism a little bit or bump it up or rev it up just slightly every day just by eating more percentage of our food from protein, right? So if I had a 1,500-calorie diet and I had 20% of that coming from protein, if I bump that up to 40 I, you, that person would burn like about 28,000 extra calories a year just by making that switch from eating a little bit less carbs and fats and increasing their protein intake, right? And fitting that into that 1500 calories. So it can be massively advantageous to your daily calorie burn as well. When that stacks up over time, if we're talking an extra 28,000 calories a year to play with, that becomes very substantial. Okay. And then obviously you times that by two years, three years, four years, five years. And now We've got this insane calorie burn that we've added into our day or into our regimen, and we really don't have to do any extra work for it. We just have to adjust the way we eat food. Okay, so those are three main reasons why I really like protein. All right, obviously the satiety aspect is huge. The muscle protein synthesis is great. The thermic effect is awesome. And the last one is the body's inability to digest and absorb protein as body fat, okay? That's the fourth one that's massively important here as well. Okay, so they've done studies where they have overfed human beings with specifically just protein by about 400 calories a day, and those people will not gain extra body fat. Okay, they've done the same thing overfeeding people by 400 calories worth of peanut butter, and those people have gained body fat. So the reason for this is that proteins digest differently than carbs or fats do. They digest as they get broken down into amino acids, and like I said, they're a structure macronutrient. Okay, so they'll just float around in your blood and they'll get utilized. All those different amino acids from the proteins you eat 
will get utilized in different areas of your body. DNA, immune health, brain health, bones, tissues, skin, anything. So those proteins that you're eating are not getting digested and absorbed into fat tissues, okay? When we're excessively eating carbohydrates and fats, those do get digested and absorbed into fat tissue, okay? So this is another great thing we can take advantage of, right? So when you're extra hungry on a specific day, I always say if you're going to overeat anything, overeat on the protein first because it's not going to lead to as much fat gain uh, as if you were overeating on carbohydrates and fats. So if you were to grab a chicken breast, you're not going to gain as much excess body fat from that as if you grabbed an ice cream or something and sat down and then ate that instead. So there's a lot of power to increasing your protein intake and just prioritizing your protein intake to make sure that it's a substantial player in your diet. Like I said, a gram per pound is going to be a lot for most everybody, okay? Or 35 to 40% of someone's diet, that's a large portion of that person's diet. But in my opinion, it's highly valuable and it's worth it to set it up that way, okay? There's just way too many benefits to not prioritize protein. So the second P that we're dealing with is plants, all right? This really just encompasses like a wide array of foods, which to me is awesome, right? So when we're thinking of whole foods, most whole foods are plant-based, right? If we're thinking fruits, vegetables, complex carbohydrates like potato, rice, quinoa, beans, lentils, all these different things. We're thinking nuts and seeds. These are all coming from plants from the earth, okay? And that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about P number two being plants. So we want to make sure, basically, if it grew somewhere on the earth, it's fair game, all right? Because the great thing about these things, especially vegetables, especially fruits, and especially our our complex fiber-dense carbohydrates like our potato, our lentils, our beans, our rice, things like that, quinoa is that they're very low calorie for the amount of nutrition that they actually provide to your body. So what we're doing here is we're really paying attention to our nutrient quality or our nutrient intake. Okay. And we can really skyrocket this by just making sure we're consuming a healthy variety of plants. All right. So basically like my big thing is whenever I go into a meal and this, I use this for myself and I recommend everybody else do this as well is that the main focus you should be saying to yourself when you sit down and look at your plate, doesn't matter if you're at home, if you're on the road, if you're at a restaurant, it doesn't matter where you are, you could be in a Chipotle. You want to say to yourself, okay, what's how much protein and plants am I looking at here? Okay, if you're looking at a nice big salad with plenty of greens and different colors on there, and maybe you order a double portion of chicken or you order a, an order of chicken and an order of salmon or steak or something like that, and you look at that plate, you're going to see a lot of protein and you're going to see a lot of plants. All right. And then what we would want to do is fill the rest with a smaller portion of like our carbohydrates. So maybe you do an order of rice or something like that. And it comes on the side. Now, as opposed to something like if you sat down at a restaurant and you ordered a chicken parm and what do we got? We've got big fried piece of chicken. All right. We've got a bunch of cheese and we've majority of what we've got is a bunch of noodles. Okay. Now, that's not really falling into alignment with the protein and plants idea that we're trying to get across here, okay? So this is just a really simple, like overly simplified way to just, just make sure you're taking care of your food quality. Because again, as we go down the line with those cues, right, quality is massively important. And the more quality the food, the lower calorie it's going to be. And that means our quantities can go way up, right? So if I want to eat that chicken parm, I'm probably going to need to only eat about a third of that dish right? Or I could order a massive salad with steamed vegetables, double serving of protein, and I could have a pound and a half of food there. And I'm going to get about the same calorie count as I would from eating about a third of a chicken parm, right? So again, we get to eat a ton of food, we get to have a ton of volume, we get to be very satiated. And at the same time, we really nourish our body with some really healthy proteins, and some really nutrient dense plant based foods, right? So these are the things that I'm always trying to have everybody focus on as number one importance, no matter what, every time you sit down, where's the protein, where's the plants, veggies are the best, berries are going to be number two. And then in smaller portions, we can implement our complex carbs. So there's going to be our fiber dense quinoa, lentils, beans, rice, potatoes, things like that. And then also in smaller portions, just because of the calorie count on them is our nuts and seeds, right? So we can always accompany these meals with some good healthy fats. But ideally, if we're sitting down to a large serving of protein and we're sitting down to a nice big salad, a nice big bunch of vegetables, and it's taken up a lot of room, it's a big volume, right? It's a large amount of food. That's what we want, all right? 
So now let's talk P number three, all right, which is our personal preferences. Now, this one is going to be just as important as consuming the protein in the plants. You got to like what you're eating, okay? There is nothing worse than trying to follow a diet full of a bunch of foods that you don't even like, all right? What's your lifespan on trying that? It's probably short, okay? So personal preference is one of those things where I think we have a tendency to throw that out the window, right? When we're choosing like a dietary preference, all right? No, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna cut out everything I like. I'm just gonna not eat that anymore. I'm just gonna eat chicken and I'm gonna eat broccoli. I'm gonna do that every meal. I'm gonna prep it on Sunday. I'm just gonna make the same food. I'm gonna eat that forever. And guys, we all know how that goes, all right? That is just a, a recipe for disaster. That's just a, you're just waiting to burn out and fizzle out, right? And it's not gonna take you long. Probably gonna take you less than a week to do that, all right? So the personal preferences aspect of this is massively important. And it's one of those things where you've got to develop this over time because the interesting thing is like, you're going to create much better consistency and sustainability if you're eating foods that you like and you're developing a routine that you enjoy, okay? So not only do you have to start to figure out the foods that you like that kind of fit that plant, we still want to fit that protein and plant structure, okay? So we want to make sure we're consuming foods that are protein and plant focused and protein and plant rich, but what maybe you like fish better than you like beef maybe you like beef better than you like fish again like there's we don't really have to get too deep down into the minutia here it's just choose the foods that you like but make sure they're fitting into the structure of your protein and your plants and just the fact that they're whole food rich okay so i'm sure everybody this is not simple for everybody some people love whole foods more than others other people are like oh, i'm not a big veggie person i don't really do a lot of berries i don't do fruits Again, find some of the stuff that you like and just start there, okay? Start to implement lean proteins, start to implement some of the fruits, some of the vegetables and things. And then I will say too, if you're trying to make change, remember change has to be made, okay? So that doesn't mean you get to think that you wanna make change and continue to do the exact same thing you've been doing, right? So change does have to get made. So you've gotta have an open mind toward new proteins. You've gotta to learn to maybe try fish once in a while. You've got to be okay with trying some different vegetables and fruits and things like that if you're going to make this work. And it, you'll be amazed. I've done this with a million people at this point. When they have an open mind, they realize that all these foods they've had aversions to, they, they really don't mind them. I'm the same way. I did not grow up loving broccoli and asparagus and all these different vegetables and stuff, right? But I've learned to appreciate them for the value that they bring to my life. And honestly, they taste pretty damn good. Like now that I'm into it, right? Like we can acquire a taste for anything, right? If you can acquire a taste for whiskey and beers, you can acquire a taste for carrots and broccoli. You'll be okay. It's just about having an open mind and understanding the value that it's going to create in order for you to reach your goal, right? And when it cr is creating a massive value in alignment with the goals that you have, I hope that you are more open-minded to enjoying those things. So the big thing to understand, right, is like, if you hate salads or something, you don't have to start your healthy journey by forcing them down, right? Just again, pick some of the things you like, find some ways you enjoy them most, right? Maybe you like to roast them with a little bit of oil, you put some salt on them, or maybe you steam them, or maybe you bake them, or you cook them into a stir fry or whatever it might be, right? It doesn't have to be you crunching down a raw salad and hating your life every single night. You got to find those personal preferences, right? You got to find those ways that you don't mind enjoying these vegetables and these leaner meats and things like that. And it's very possible. But again, it, it takes a little bit of work. It takes a bit of implementation and it takes you having an open mind to even try this stuff. So find the ways you enjoy the most and then start branching out as you get comfortable, right? Do the stuff that you know you're okay with and then slowly start to implement maybe one thing at a time each week or something like that. And you may realize you're like, oh yeah, I thought I hated this. I really don't. It's really pretty good. If I roast it with a little bit of olive oil and some salt, oh man, this is delicious. Like that for me, like Brussels, sprouts i did not like brussels sprouts at all but if you cook them the right way i could eat a thousand of them and that's the thing where we gotta maybe you've tried something in the past and it just wasn't cooked in a good way or something like that so still have an open mind try things it's all about just learning to implement this stuff and enjoy it the way you like to enjoy it okay so the further outside your comfort zone you're going to get the harder sustainability is going to be so we never want to start way outside of our comfort zone we want to start right within our comfort zone and then we want to slowly start to expand on that comfort zone over time okay because again we don't got to hit a home run on our first ever at bat all right let's learn to swing 
let's get on first base, let's get on second base, and let's start creating momentum, right? Let's start picking up steam here in a positive direction, and then we can start swinging for the fences, basically, right? And that's the big thing I think most people don't do, is most people are swinging for the fences on day one, and then they've struck out by day three. So we want to make sure that is not our process. We want to reverse that process. We want to really focus on the things that we know we enjoy at the beginning, and then start to slowly but surely push our comfort zone a little bit, all right? So the goal of an ideal dietary approach is the most adherence, all right? That's literally it. Like you, you just got to find what's going to help you adhere to the protein and the plant-based eating style the most, all right? Pick foods in an approach that you can be adherent to. Obviously, we want nutrient density to be the major priority, but adherence to quality approach is where you'll get the most bang for your buck, right? So what I'm trying to say here is that basically, if you're a big bread person, say, that's okay. Find a way to fit it into a nutrient-dense diet, all right? So if having a piece of Italian bread with a really high-quality dinner where you've got a nice lean protein, you've got a bunch of veggies, you've got a nice high-fiber quinoa and lentils on that plate and some healthy fats with some olive oil or some avocado or something like that, that's an incredible meal. Now, if having that slice of bread on top of that meal helps with your adherence and helps with your enjoyment of that high-value meal, then throw it in there, right? Because again, having that little piece of bread is not deleting any of the benefits that you're getting from eating all that high value food, right? So we need to find a little bit of a balance there where we're always aiming for quality. Quality is always our number one focus, but then we also want to make sure we find that little bit, those bits of enjoyment in there as well, right? So doing little things like that, where we just implement a little bit of this, implement a little bit of that, just to make the diet more enjoyable, will also make it more, you'll adhere to it better, right? And at the end of the day, that's what success comes from, right? Success comes from the adherence. So the main thing we want to do here is we want to find a nice balance of the stuff that we need and a little bit of the stuff that we want. Now, P number four, another massively important one. I'm going to say everyone's massively important, just so don't let it shock you that these are all massively important because this is literally the way that you can turn your entire eating style around, turn your entire life around in terms of your body composition and your health. If you just literally focus on this stuff and do these things, it can be that game changer for you. I know it can. I've seen it work a thousand times. So yeah, I'm going to continue to get excited and say, this is the most massive, <laughs> most massively important thing that you can do, but I believe it. So planning. All right. You're only as good as your ability to plan ahead. I'm telling you right now that your chances of success with a plan I don't know the stats, but I'm going to say it probably goes up about 10 times as your chances of success without a plan. All right. And this is why professional sports teams have coaches, right? It's that so the players can use their skills to the best of their ability because they know the plan. All right. These guys don't need the professional athletes are not coached on their skills. The skills are already there. They already have them. Okay. The coach is there to set the plan and make sure the guys follow the plan because the less thinking they have to do in the middle of the game, the better they are, the better they can utilize their skills. Okay? So basically what we want you doing and what I'm proposing that you do here through these P's and Q's is that basically you create some unreal skills on how to plan a really great meal. And that's going to literally just come down to I'm consuming a large amount of lean protein at every meal. I'm crushing a whole bunch of veggies and plant-based whole foods coming from the earth every meal. And I've got some, some personal preferences in there. So I enjoy what I'm doing. All right. Those are the skills. Okay. Those are the skills that you need. Now, this is where the planning comes into place. You got to have that plan. Plan is easily 75% of the battle, right? So when it's there, all that needs to happen at that point is the implementation. Okay. And you've already created the understanding of what you need to implement. So just making sure you have that plan is so important. So whether that's sitting down on a Sunday night and thinking about your week, just when you're laying in bed the night before, thinking ahead, what do I have to do tomorrow? What am I going to do for breakfast? What am I going to do for lunch? What's my snack going to be? What's my dinner going to be? Little things like this. It doesn't mean we have to have a hard written in stone game plan for every single day, but I am huge on having a plan A, B, and C. So you always want to have an ideal plan, a backup plan, and then something that you can always just grab and go or something if everything goes wrong or if you're just super busy in a, on a specific day or something like that. And one example of this I'll say is we've, because this one I think resonates pretty well with everybody is that you go to a busy restaurant with a group of people, right? So maybe you're going out after work or something. Somebody comes to you at lunch. Hey, we're all going to this restaurant down the road after work. Come with us. We're all going out. Okay. So 
if you don't plan, usually what you're going to get is you're going to sit down, everyone's going to be talking, you're going to be in the middle of everything. And all of a sudden, a waitress or a waiter is going to come up to you and ask for your order. And you're not going to you're going to be blindsided. We've all done that before. And then what do you do? You look around the table and everybody else ordered a burger and fries. So you just go, yeah, I'm just going to I'll get that burger and fries. All right, perfect. Shut your menu, hand it over. That's what happens when we have no plan. Now, if you would have just taken an opportunity after lunch in the middle of your day when that coworker invited you out, what you can do is all you got to do is check that menu online, root through the menu a little bit, find what you want. And then what we want, we want to always be looking for where can I get a bunch of protein? Where can I get a bunch of plants and start there? Okay. So then you're going to go into that restaurant with a game plan. And my strategy for when I go out, is to not even have to look at the menu, okay? I wanna be able to sit down at that table, already have my meal pre-selected. That way you can be as social as you want, you can do all the talking you want, you don't even have to worry about it. When the waiter comes by and asks you for your order, you just ask for the order that you've already pre-selected before you walked into the restaurant, okay? Planning like that will make your life so much simpler, right? Another example I'll give you, is if you're a busy person, you're driving back from work, driving the kids places to their school, to their practices, to their whatever it is, okay, you're going to follow a very similar route every day, okay, so you're still going to be driving the same path, right, you're going to work, you're going to school, you're going to practices, you're going to dances, whatever you're going to, all right, the path is going to be similar. What you want to create is a plan for places that you can stop and get the foods that you need along the way. So there may be three or five really good restaurants along the way that you can stop at and just grab and go something really quickly. Or there may be a couple 7-Elevens where you can easily fall into the 7-Eleven and just do a protein shake and some fruit and some nuts or something like that. But we wanna make sure we're always planning ahead. We're always thinking ahead and we're always we always have that plan in the back of our mind. So nothing's ever catching us off guard and you always know, okay? So if your idea was to, stop at the Chipotle on the way to your daughter's soccer practice, but she was a little bit late. You guys are running late. You don't have time for that. So now you're going to stop at the 7-Eleven. You always have a plan, right? So it doesn't really matter where you end up throughout the day, but you've always got that game plan so you can keep your foods really high quality. Okay. And that's what we're aiming for here. That's what I'm talking about in terms of having a plan, right? We want to, and this is what I'll, what I develop with everybody, like with all of my coaching clients, we sit down and we develop these plans, right? Cause you need to have, okay. Plan A is that you've either got food prepped or you know exactly what you're cooking for dinner tonight, or you have lunch packed from leftovers from last night or whatever it might be. But then we got a plan for the things that are inevitably going to get in our way and potentially challenge our ability to succeed, right? And those are those plan B's and plan C's. And as long as we have those, again, they're massively important and they're just going to contribute more to your success because the plan's already in place. Now, literally all you got to do is make the choice to implement. And that's what we want to get you to is we just want to make sure that choice to implement is always just right in front of your face. And there's no doubts, you know exactly what you're doing. So that leads me to P number five, which if we're talking about in terms of long-term sustainability, I think P number five persona is really going to be your most important. Anybody can do things for a short time, right? Like I was, uh, when I was a kid, I was a skater for a few months, right? (laughs) I didn't develop... I didn't embody the persona. I became more of a hockey guy. It was just easier for me. And then all of a sudden I developed the persona of being a hockey guy and I thrived. And I still consider myself a hockey guy to this day. I still do things that hockey guys do. I still wear clothes that hockey guys wear. I still like in in the back of my mind, I still feel like that person a little bit, right? Even though I know those days are long gone. But in terms of persona, who do you want to be? I have developed a persona for myself that I am a healthy eater. Okay. I take a lot of pride in the fact that I eat the way that I do. I take a lot of pride in the fact that I train as hard as I do. I take a lot of pride in the fact that if I'm being totally honest, I'm not somebody that's just going with the general flow of society and, oh yeah, I'll just have the burger and fries because everybody else is having the burger and fries and I don't want to make any waves. I don't want to be that guy. Like I take a lot of pride in being different. Okay. I want to live that elevated elite lifestyle. I want to have an elite body. I want to have elite energy. I want to feel amazing every day. And I want a body that represents that. Okay. So that is the persona I have embodied for myself. And that is the persona that I live every day. All right. That makes my decisions to eat healthier, train hard, walk more, not drink, 
alcohol on the weekends, say no to parties, go to bed early, all these different things makes it very easy because that's who I believe I am. That's the persona that I've created for myself. Okay. Ideally, if we're going to create something that is super sustainable and doesn't feel like a challenge at all, you got to embody that. All right. You got to become that person. And that's where persona comes in. So who do you want to be? Because if you want to be the everybody's best friend, party animal, you know, the person that's always there when your buddies want to call you and go out or your girlfriends want to call you and go out for drinks and all that stuff. If that's who you want to be, it's going to be really hard to embody this lifestyle that I'm preaching right now. Okay. It's going to be really hard to stick to the P's and Q's all the time. It's going to be really difficult to make sure that you are planning ahead. You are prepared all the time. You are that person that's prioritizing all of these things for yourself, right? So persona becomes huge here. Who do you want to be? If you want to be the party person, great. Do your best to still stick to this stuff. It's going to be beneficial no matter how often you do it. So even if your adherence is 20%, you're still eating healthy and you're still doing the right things 20% of the time, great, right? But what I'm aiming for here and the people that I resonate best with and that I jive with best in terms of my coaching program are the people that really want to personify this, okay? They really want to create a change. They really want to be that wellness-focused person who takes pride in making these choices and they don't let other people get in their way. So I think that's the big thing, right? I honestly think that making sure we do some visualization, positive affirmations, statements, and things like this can be super helpful, right? Because how do we actually embody this? It takes evidence. You got to stack evidence in order to make sure that you're that healthy, right? Because if you've been eating Doritos and Oreos for the last two months, and I ask you, hey, are you a healthy eater? You don't have the evidence to back that up, right? Do And I say, hey, do you want to live a wellness-focused lifestyle and you're eating like junk and you're sleeping like junk and you haven't been to the gym in two months? You can't back that up, okay? So basically, we need to start taking the actions. And the more times you take that action, the more times you prove to yourself and you start to set in into your psyche, that is who you are, okay? So that's really what we want to get into. So doing some visualization of the person you want to be, your future self, I think is massively important, right? Think about it. Like, like, why are you doing this? Who do you want to be? This is the vehicle to something else, right? You're not eating these foods and making these choices and stuff because you just love to do it. It's because it's going to bring you somewhere. It's going to create something for you, right? So who is that person that is going to create? And like, for me, I feel great about the person that it's, that it's created. So I can stick with this very, very simply because it just feels good and I'm comfortable with what it's created for me. So visualize that future self, okay? And think to yourself, who do you want to be? How do you want to see yourself in a year from now, in two years from now, in three years from now? How will people talk about you and look at you and look up to you? I think those types of things are massively important. And then positive affirmations, right? Like I talked about at the beginning there, we always want to make sure this thing is positive, okay? The more positives we have, or the more positives we think about, the more positives we hang on and utilize in terms of our the way we look at things, then the more positives we're going to get, right? So I think it's really important to every day literally make positive affirmations of who you are. You're a healthy person. You make quality food choices. You're wellness focused. You prioritize yourself. You prioritize your health. You prioritize your fitness. You prioritize your food, all these different things. And if you can almost come up with a script of positive affirmations, you can start to do those statements daily and they're really going to help you solidify the improvements that you're trying to make. And that's something that I've imp implemented. I literally have a like a positive affirmation statement and on my way to the gym every morning, it's about a 15 minute drive. I drive with the radio off and I talk to myself in my truck and I tell myself these positive affirmations of who I am, who I want to be, where I'm going, why I love it, why it's so beneficial for me. And it, it has been a game changer when I implemented that into my life. So that's something I really recommend in terms of creating that persona of you are embodying this lifestyle. These things can be super helpful. Obviously, like I said, we want to make sure we're living in alignment with our future self or our desired selves. Again, we're all going to make mistakes. This isn't about perfection. This is about consistent improvement. Okay, so I'm not asking you to never go for a drink again, never eat an Oreo again, never eat a Dorito again. But we've got to find that balance where living in accordance or in alignment with our future self and the goals we have has to heavily outweigh living in accordance with that, I will say that that self who seeks the comfort, the self who seeks 
the path of least resistance, okay? These are the things where we gotta start to make the hard choices and we gotta celebrate that. Oh man, I'm the person who makes the hard choices. That wasn't easy for me to say no to the burger and fries tonight, but I'm really happy I got that salad with the double chicken and I got that side of rice because man, that makes me feel like I'm really taking steps in the direction to my future self. I'm gonna feel so much better tomorrow when I wake up. My stomach doesn't hurt now. This is awesome. These are the ways we can start to really, I think, positively impact our mind and our psyche. And then we start to create that persona that like, yep, these are the choices we make. We make them consistently and they support what we're trying to do and as our future self, okay? And then the one thing I would say is just ask yourself that question, right? Who do you want to be? And what would that person be eating? This is basically, I stole this from Atomic Habits. If you've ever read that book, there was a guy in there that lost 100 pounds. And when he was asked how he lost 100 pounds, he just said every time he sat down to eat, he asked himself, would a healthy person eat this? And if the answer was no, he didn't eat it. If the answer was yes, he did. And he lost 100 pounds doing it. So literally, like it, simple questions like that, right? Who do you want to be? And what would that person be doing, right? So if you are that person, you want to lose a bunch of weight or you want to gain a bunch of muscle or you just want to feel better, have better overall health, all these things, what would you be doing if you were that person, okay? That is the question to always ask yourself. And if you're in alignment, it's going to be easy to make those choices, right? If you're falling out of alignment, then that's where the, I guess that's, you know, having a little bit of, having a little bit of self-discipline and self-awareness to bring yourself back and say, no, you know what? Today, I'm going to make that choice as my future self. I'm going to make that choice as if I'm the healthier me. And again, now you're another step in that direction. You've got more proof. You start to create more of that persona. And eventually, honestly, you do enough of that. You do enough of those daily positive affirmations. You do some visualizations of who you're going to be as your healthier self and your healthier body and your just more enhanced lifestyle. I'm telling you, you'll be there in no time and you'll be so happy that you are. So those are the five P's and those are the things, like I said, massively important, massively impactful. Um, if you can master these, honestly, I don't see what's going to stop you. I don't see what's going to hold you back from creating that best life of yours. And I just think like this is the vehicle to doing it, right? There's no secret to nutrition, okay? The foods have been here since the beginning of time. If we're eating whole food, earth grown foods, then we know our options, right? So basically, if we can really double down and dial in and prioritize our protein and our plant consumption, you're going to be headed in the right direction. And then again, personal preference. I cannot reiterate this enough or I cannot express this enough. The personal preferences are enormous because if you don't like what you're doing, you won't stick with it. Now, I'm telling you, like, you got to still have an open mind on this stuff. You got to think about growth, right? I, if you never grew as an individual, you wouldn't make it far in your life, right? So think about that the same with your diet, right? If you ate now, like you ate when you were two years old, you'd be living off craft macaroni and cheese and maybe some chicken nuggets out of the oven or whatever, right? Like we got to grow as human beings. And this is just taking more steps in that direction, okay? So personal preferences, absolutely. But do we want them to still fit the protein and plant-focused dietary strategy? Yeah, absolutely we do, okay? And then planning. If you don't have the plan, don't expect to succeed, okay? No one ever won anything. No one ever did anything good. No one ever accomplished anything without a plan, all right? Like, literally, there's not one thing that goes on in this world that is very successful for a long period of time that where there's not some kind of a plan in place, right? It's all about planning. And then the implementation becomes becomes the secondary thing. But with without the plan, it becomes very hard to implement anything. All right. So I can't express how important the plan is. And then the persona I still think is going to be number one, it's, it's going to feel like work, it's going to feel like a struggle until you personify this, okay, until you embody that this is who you are, this is what you do, then it, there's always going to be that little bit of a struggle in your mind. Okay. So I do think it's super important to start creating that persona where you're just embodying the fact that, Hey, you're a health and wellness focused person. You eat awesome food. You're active. You sleep well. Your energy levels are sky high. You're an incredible role model for the people around you. All the different things, all the positive affirmations you got to tell yourself to make this thing something that you believe in, just continue to do that, right? Because without it, like I said, there's always going to be that little bit of pushback. If you're 99% in, there's always that 1% of you, that opportunity to come all out. We want to make sure we just really embody this, all right? And that kind of leads me to the cues. So again, the P's are the, are the major players in this entire equation, right? And the cues literally just 
our food quality, right? So if we're following P number one and number two, and if we're sticking to that protein and plant focused diet, then our quality is figured out, right? We want to make sure it's lean proteins, it's highly colorful veggies and fruits, it's highly fibrous carbohydrates, plant focused carbohydrates. And then we build around that with some nuts and some seeds and some healthy oils and avocados and things like that. If we're doing that, the quality is there. Okay. So that's the beauty of it is the cues figure themselves out. And then that leads us to quantity. So obviously the greater the quality, the greater the quantity is going to be able to be. All right. Because again, are these nutrient dense whole foods that we're focused on are nutrient dense. They're not calorie dense. Okay. So we can really eat a large volume of these foods. I can sit down to a massive bowl of greens and veggies and all this stuff mixed in and chicken and stuff. And I can eat a, like I said, a pound and a half of food, or I can go eat, I don't know, like a cheeseburger and French fries. And it's not as much food, but it's a way, way higher calorie count. Okay. Because again, the quality of the food is just not there. So when the quality is not there, all right, that just means the quantity has to come down. I'm not, I get it. You know what? I, I understand the quality is not always going to be there, but just understand that when it's not, the quantities need to decrease. Okay. So if you want to have chocolate, it's probably a little bit less than if you want to have carrots. And I know that's a terrible example, but just it makes sense, right? If I want to sit and eat chocolate chips, I'm going to need a lot less chocolate chips to reach 200 calories than if I'm going to sit and eat carrots. I'm going to be able to eat a shit ton of carrots to get 200 calories worth, right? And then what's going to fill me up more? I'm going to get eat a pound of carrots for 200 calories, or I'm going to have two bites of chocolate. This is the way this works. So as the quality goes up, the quantity goes up. As the quality goes down, the quantity comes with it. All right. And if we can just pay attention to that, I think that's really all you need to know about the cues, right? The cues are simple. The cues just follow the P's, all right? So the P's are the things to master in this equation, and the rest just figures itself out. So essentially, that's the P's and Q's method. And I think it's been laid out there pretty well. There's nothing, no secrets here. Honestly, it's high quality food, right? It's personal preference. It's planning ahead. And it's personifying the fact that you love what you're doing, right? And if we're doing all those things, then the quality is going to be there. The quantities can be high. When the quantities are high, basically more food is going to equal more energy. More energy equals better physical and mental function and quality of life. So that's what we're aiming for, right? We're aiming for enhanced quality of life. And if we can eat in alignment with these P's and Q's, we're enhancing your quality of life. And that's going to be the main thing. You're going to wake up every day. And at some point, you're going to be feeling so damn good. You don't want to go back to your old self, all right? You don't want to be the guy, the person who is living off I don't know, whatever, Cheetos and Oreos, right? That's not what you're going to want to be because you're going to feel so much better. The vitality you're going to have, the health you're going to have, the energy you're going to have, the improvements in body composition that you're going to see, and the, just the mental benefits too of just the decrease in your brain fog. Everything's going to be sharp. You're going to feel amazing. That is the P's and Q's method. And I really hope that's something that interests you, something that you want to start to implement more in your life because I'm telling you right now, it has worked amazing for me. It works amazing for the people that I've coached through it. And literally, it's like the sky's the limit when we're talking about this. Or it, because literally, it's just a, a matter of time. Okay, it's a matter of consistency. The longer you can be consistent with this, the better everything's just going to get. All right, the more food you're going to be able to eat, the more energy you're going to have, the more muscle you're going to have, the less fat you're going to have. Everything's going to enhance itself. Okay, so if you're looking for that enhanced quality of life, I really do feel like these P's and Q's are for you.